grow their income and impact without working crazy hours. The podcast industry is booming and new podcasts are starting each and every day. So it is the best time to go all in as a podcast manager. Every week, we'll dive into a new topic that will help you navigate the ever-changing world of podcasting and get booked out as a podcast manager. So let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, I am really, really excited to introduce you to today's guest because we were talking about preparing your business for taxes, which I know it's not the most exciting topic ever, but it's super, super necessary. So I'm really excited to dive in. But first, I wanted to introduce you to Sarah. So Sarah is a professional bookkeeper and CFO for ambitious entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to grow their business into a sustainable one that serves their quality of life goals by allowing them to focus on the parts of the business that they love rather than the accounting. She has helped clients get organized and understand their financial standing and cash flow in order to make informed business decisions and identify strategies for growth. So I'm really excited to have Sarah here today to talk about preparing your business for tax season because it is upon us. It is mid-February as this episode is being released. So we are in the thick of tax time and preparing for tax time. So I hope you really get a lot out of this episode and I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Let's dive in. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today for the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the online space. Of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I got started in the online space a couple of years ago. So I've always been an accountant for my professional life. I graduated college, got my master's degree, started in tax immediately and studied for the CPA exam while working full-time, which was a lot, (laughs) but I'm glad I got that out of the way before having kids and everything. I was in tax for about a decade and just wasn't thrilled with a lot of things about it. The deadlines are a lot to handle, especially when you have a family and throw like little kids into the mix. And also the way that small businesses weren't always prioritized as much as bigger businesses and higher paying clients and just people with more resources. And and also the lockdown happened. Just really change in routine had me question like, oh, like life could actually look different. How, if I could design it any way I want, how would I want my life to look? And I realized that would come with a lot more flexibility and also working with clients that I wanted to work with. So I started looking around online and stumbled into the online business space and realized that there are a ton of new, especially businesses and creatives going into business who didn't necessarily have the financial background and the bookkeeping knowledge. And as they say, accounting is the language of business. And so it's such a fundamental thing to have a good grasp on in order to reach your business goals, which relay into your life goals. And so I got started with that. And also just a passion about the emotional side of money And especially when you're a small business owner and you're the only owner, like your business finances seem like an extension of your personal finances. Mm -hmm. And so it is very raw and vulnerable. And just acknowledging that with my clients seems to really help and just reassure them that they're not alone and that they can do it. And also (laughs) they didn't go to school for accounting and that's okay. Like they don't need to have a master's degree to run a business. They just need support. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think that is one thing that when people are starting businesses, I feel like they don't think about. They're like, oh, yay. Like they're super excited to be creative and do whatever they need to do. But they don't think about like the implications, like they don't think about taxes and don't really think about legal stuff. They're just like gung ho. And I've seen so many people go into business without having a plan in terms of like 
taxes or, or, you know, contracts or anything like that. And it ends up biting people in the butt if you're not careful. So I think people who offer services like you and legal professionals and things like that, it's like, it's not the most exciting thing, but it's necessary and people need to know more about it. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about preparing your biz for taxes because a lot of people just wait until the very last minute and then they're like, oh my God, I don't have enough saved up or that kind of stuff. And I am fortunate that my husband actually worked in tax for a while. He didn't do the whole, he did it like more of an intern type situation and then realized like, I don't like this whole like crazy March, March, April Mm-hmm. time frame kind of thing. So then he went more towards the finance side. So I'm lucky that I have that because he can tell me like, yeah, that's a good investment. Oh, it's not. Sometimes a little too conservative when it comes to things. I'm like, you don't know. Let me just do it. But anyway, I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's something everyone needs to know. And even if it's not the most exciting topic, it's necessary to know about. So what are some of the key things business owners need to know about preparing their business for tax time? And what are some things we can do to be proactive about it? Because here we are recording this on February 10th. It's going to go live next week, but we're in the thick of it. We need to it's kind here, of yep. get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll hit on deductions in a minute, but the first thing I want to say is like you were saying, if somebody has just had a full-time job and now they're starting like a side hustle or even making the leap into full-time entrepreneurship, they're used to having taxes withheld out of every single paycheck. So they don't Mm -hmm. even see it. It's just taken care of kind of automatically. And when you're starting a business, if you're not super aware that, okay, now you're on the hook for self-employment taxes, which is 15.3%, you can get a pretty massive tax bill as a surprise, which can be kind of a shock. And cash is king in business. And without cash flow, your business can't continue on. So the very, very first number one thing is set aside money for taxes. Profit first is a great resource, but even just the concept of anytime money comes in, part of it should go set aside for taxes, recommend a high yield savings account that's totally out of pain (laughs) in the butt to transfer to and from and just automate it. So that's the first thing is making sure that you have something set aside. And another thing with that too, is when you are self-employed, like I said, when you have a full-time job, those taxes are coming on your paycheck every single paycheck. So it's spread out evenly throughout the year and you have your own business. The IRS still wants that money throughout the year rather than like just April 15th. And so you're required to send in quarterly tax payments. So that's something too, where it's, it probably is time to talk to a tax professional and get that kind of going too. As far as what else you need for taxes is definitely your bookkeeping. It's one of those things where if you do it, not even every single day, but at least weekly yeah, and <laughs> monthly, just keeping track of your finances and recording your sales and your costs, it's going to save you such a headache come tax time. So you don't have to sit through and like sift through hundreds of receipts because you want to get the deductions that you deserve. You don't want to pay more in taxes than you have to. And so breaking that huge task into tiny little steps along the year makes it a hundred times more enjoyable. And you can then use that data to say, oh, how is my business performing? Where is most of my revenue coming from? Do I like delivering that service? And then you'll also have that information to know what where your money's coming from and where it's going, which will help you make those great business decisions as you run your business. Yeah. Yeah. I think all that is really important and just things that people don't really think about. Like 
at first I didn't even know that there was an option for quarterly payments. And the funny thing is when I figured that out, I had called the IRS because I was like, how do I do this? What do I do? And then they told me I didn't need to do quarterly payments. They're like, oh, you're not making enough money. You don't need to do quarterly payments. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. great. Thanks. I feel like there's like kind of a disconnect too Mm -hmm. for small businesses and like the IRS. And it's like, there's all these regulations and rules that they have outlined. But then like when you actually talk to someone, they don't really seem to know. So it's kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, for everything, there is like an exception or a limitation or a threshold. (laughs) It's just like, okay. And even because we're both, we're both in Texas. And even when I set up like my LLC and stuff, I like at first, I didn't realize that I had to submit a report for franchise tax, even though I never meet the threshold, because I want to say it's like 500,000 or something like that. I never meet that threshold. You still have to submit like that you basically don't owe those taxes. And I didn't realize that. I was like, I thought you only had to do it if you met it. So that was something I learned very early on. Oh, I probably need to submit this report, even though I haven't met this threshold. There's like a lot of little small nuances. And of course, things like that are going to vary from state to state for that. But it's just, it's a lot. If you're getting started and you don't have experience in counting or anything like that, you should definitely check out getting some help because it's so much easier to get help and get it taken care of first versus later paying the repercussions because you're not, you don't, you didn't know, right? I think that's important. But yeah, I love that you mentioned the quarterly payments because that makes it so much easier. And like, I know a lot of people, like you said, when you were working, when you work full-time for a corporation, they take money out every month. It's so hard to just see that money sitting there. So it's like mm-hmm. sitting there for longer than a quarter, like that people, their self-control is not always great. So they see that money sitting there. So they're like more likely to allocate to somewhere other than taxes if it's sitting there for a long time. So I think the quarterly payments also help with that too, because you're Mm -hmm. like, it's only there for a couple months versus it's sitting there for the course of a year and you can dip into it at any time, even though you shouldn't. Yeah. I think that's very important too. So I'm excited to talk about deductions because a lot of people talk about what can I write off? And like, I've seen people all over Facebook groups and things like that. Oh, should I bake my stuff into my pricing and stuff like that? Cause I didn't want to pay like the PayPal fees or whatever, like all that stuff. So what are the, some of the different things we can write off in our business? Like the kind of the top things, mm-hmm. what are some things that we absolutely cannot write off? Cause I know there's some things that people like try to get really sneaky about it. And it didn't do that. First, I will give the disclaimer that while I'm an accountant, I am not your accountant listener. And (laughs) (laughs) everything I say is just for informational purposes. Of course, seek advice of your own tax account. But yeah, in general, when it comes to deductions, the IRS requires them to be ordinary and necessary business expenses, anything that you could justify. And also when you are filing your tax return, you're signing it. Even if you have a tax preparer helping you prepare it, you are the one that's saying, yes, I am agreeing to all of this and this is accurate and I'm putting my name on the line. And so definitely things like processing fees are definitely deductions. Anything like software subscriptions, of course, anything that's required to run your business. So contractors, things like that, of course. Equipment and furniture for your home office, if you're buying a desk or a chair, coffee maker for your home office, if it's specifically for your office. Home office deduction, there are some kind of very specific requirements for Mm -hmm. that. It's to be used regularly and exclusively for business. And I've even seen court cases of if there's a TV in the room, they might like disallow part of the room because, oh, you could be watching TV. (laughs) So it gets pretty granular on that. Or if there's half office, half like kids playroom or something like that, you would just want to deduct the tiny little portion that's your actual office. Let's see what else. Things that you absolutely cannot deduct. 
Unfortunately, clothing for photo shoots is a big one. I see a lot. <laughs> the only time you can deduct clothing for business is if it's a uniform, meaning like it has yeah. your business name, like UPS clearly displayed. Or something. Yeah. yeah. If you go to the coffee shop and they're like, oh, okay, this person works for this <laughs> company because it's clearly displayed on your. Yeah. So oddly enough, though, like if you get your makeup done for a photo shoot, that would be deductible. Because it's only that you can right. only have it done that one time. It's not like you're going to go the rest of your life with that makeup on your face. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. clothes you can wear anytime. Even if you don't, you could. Mm-hmm. That's the big one that I see people mistakenly run through their business. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot too, because I used to work with a lot of influencers too. And I was an influencer at a time, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> I was at a time and people would always be asking like, can I wear off clothes? Can I wear off clothes? And then the jury would chime in on Facebook, which they probably weren't <laughs> even, most of them weren't even accountants. They would be like, oh yeah, you can. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. Like just, and I'm always very like by the book kind of person. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's a gray area, don't, just don't. <laughs> you don't want to risk it. Yeah. So that's really helpful. And like a lot of people don't think that transaction fees are included. They think they have to do some secret way or bake it into their pricing or whatever. And it's no, it's deductible, right? Yeah, it it's like, and like once you start making lots of transactions, like those fees add up. Like I know mm-hmm. we're at a point where I'm like, no, I don't want to pay that, but <laughs> it is what it is. The more that you charge, the higher those fees are going to be. So yeah, deduct them for sure. And I know this deadline has already passed, but just for anyone for next year, if they have people, if they have contractors that they're working with, let's like talk a little bit about 1099s. What are they? Like, when do they need to be sent to people by? Who do we need to send them to? Like, and I know, like, I know it's changing too, because there was like a point where PayPal wouldn't send you anything unless you made a certain amount, but they're changing that like next year, I think. So give us the details on 1099s because there's a lot of gray area there and a lot of people are giving misinformation all over the internet from what I've seen. Yes, yes. So 1099s, you're required to send anybody who delivers, who you're paying for services with some exceptions, of course. Yeah. So you don't need to send a 1099 to somebody who is a corporation or has or files taxes as an S corporation. So when you request a W-9, which technically you should be requesting from anybody that you're paying, especially when you're paying them, you don't need to send a 1099 when you're paying them through a credit card. And so Mm -hmm. like for that, I wouldn't necessarily need to request a W-9, but anybody that you're paying like ACH or check or something like that, you should get that before you pay them because sometimes you can stop working together and it might not be like on the best terms. And then you don't want to have to like, <laughs> hey, contact can them in you January send me like... your W9 so I can send exactly. you the 1099? Yeah. 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 You just never know. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of gray area about that. I've noticed too. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, my pe- people sent me a 1099, even though they paid me via credit card. And so mm-hmm. you don't like you're, yeah, it's, you don't want to double report either. So it's right. just some gray area there. So I like that you mentioned that, like, it's not, if you use credit card, like you're good. Or I know PayPal sends me a 1099 every year because I make over the threshold, which I know that's going lower next year. Yes. I say. I'm not sure what the actual number is, but yeah, it's, it's going to go down to $600, which like is total? the threshold for anything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you pay anybody like $100 or $200, anything less than 600, you're not required to send them a 1099. So I think the threshold was 20,000. Yeah, it's 20. Yeah. Or 200 transactions or something like that. Yeah. And so they're dropping it down big time and they were going to do it this year and then it got delayed. So yes, that will be changing quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I had in my inbox like, Hey, do I need to send you a 1099? I'm like, no, you paid me via credit card and Mm. an LLC. So I know it's not an, if you're an LLC, but 
you paid me a credit card. We are good. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I swear. And then so many people send them to me. And I'm like, you paid me via your credit card. You still send to me, whatever. Cause like a lot of accountants, I feel like are, especially if they're mm-hmm. not like specializing in small businesses, mm-hmm. really, I don't know. They're not, I don't want to say they're not informed. They just don't, they don't know the, that, that I guess they're not as well equipped with 1099s as other people. Yeah. They might not deal with like credit card payments yeah. as often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as online like, businesses do. Yeah. Cause I've seen like more corporate places deal more with ACH and Mm chess like that still even though we're in 2023 (laughs) businesses are a little more old school but yeah I'm trying to think of like any other questions that I have for you is there any other things that like you see come up pretty frequently that people struggle with and don't know how to handle when it comes to tax time let's talk a little bit about common bookkeeping mistakes Mm. I see that can definitely relate into tax prep and affect how much tax you're paying on your bottom line income profit a common mistake so I definitely don't recommend day one of starting a business, hire a bookkeeper. There's definitely a period where it's perfectly like acceptable and recommended to do it yourself, but there are some things that will help you out. And so one common mistake I see is people using QuickBooks online for their business and not just that, but not reconciling their bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So I think that QuickBooks doesn't really talk about it very much. Like it's there, but they're not like, Hey, part of doing your bookkeeping is reconciling each month. And basically what that's doing is just comparing your bank balance and QuickBooks to your bank balance on your bank statement just to make sure everything has been captured, that you're not duplicating any income or expenses, that you have captured all of your income and expenses. And some I've seen people like connect up their QuickBooks and think it's just set it and forget it. And yeah. it's really not. It's a good practice to go in there at least, at least monthly, but probably weekly just to categorize your transactions make sure that they're good to go. But for somebody just starting out who doesn't have an accounting background, it's honestly, QuickBooks is a little bit of an overkill from what you need. When you have a single member LLC, it's reported on your personal tax return and you're not even required to report the balance sheet on your return. So really what you need is just your income and expenses. And honestly, like the simplest way with the fewest potential for errors to do that is just in a simple spreadsheet. You can make your own or I have a template too that you can download. And it's just an easy way to calculate your profit and loss and also calculate if you want to set aside, let's say 25% each month for taxes so that you see that number. And it's a reminder of, okay, this is how much should be set aside. So you're not forgetting that all year long until April. And you're like, oops. Yeah, no, I love that you mentioned like just using a simple spreadsheet because a lot of people think they need like some fancy tool and then they get it and they're like, I don't know how to use this. And then yes. I just get, they just get like confused by it and they don't end up doing any. And I actually do both. I have a, I have an accounting tool, but then I also do, I have an Airtable spreadsheet. I track every week. I go in and put my income and expenses and update everything there because it's nice to see it's in both places. And yeah, I think having at least a spreadsheet is like, if you don't have that, then <laughs> you need something yeah. because I'm a data person and I like to see like mm-hmm. where we're at each month and week. And it helps when you're like considering investing in things like new team members or tools or anything like that. Cause then you can see, can I actually afford to bring on a team member? And then if you look at your books and it's not, the math isn't mathing, it's not going to work. <laughs> the math isn't mathing. <laughs> Exactly. My TikTok lingo is coming out. <laughs> but if it just doesn't make sense, it's like, how are you going to bring on a new team member if you only mm-hmm. make $500 profit a month or something? Yeah. Um, just being able to see that like at a glance is super helpful. No matter if you're making $1,000 a month or like 10000 or more a month. And one thing you mentioned too that I want to touch on is 
projecting kind of and planning out your money for the future. So bookkeeping is always historical. It's always looking at either last month or last year and telling you exactly what happened. And did you end the month with a profit or a loss? How much? What is your profit margin, which is net income divided by revenue? And that's really interesting because it tells you that percentage tells you how many cents of every dollar of income that came in that you kept as profit. So if yeah. you have a 50% profit margin for every dollar that comes in, you're keeping 50% as 50 cents as profit. So that's a really good thing to track kind of month over month and see if that's going up or down and just keep an eye on that. And then the other thing is forecasting forward, taking your historical. And then I also have a, a tool for this where you can plug in like what if scenarios for the rest of yeah. the year and plan out any investments you want. So it's not, oh my gosh, I really want to do this thousands of dollars mastermind, but <laughs> like where the heck is that money going to come from? Yeah. You can actually make the plan to get there Yeah, and yeah. calculate how much to, to set, again, set aside for taxes and making sure that you're taking all those care of all those important pieces while still reaching the goals that you want to do and like the investments that you want to make in the future. Yeah. And hiring people, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Getting some work off your plate. It's important to think about that. Just not just thinking about what happened last month and last Mm -hmm. year, like looking at the future and forecasting what you can do. Obviously your forecast is it's projected, but you never, you may or may not make that income. It's fun to play around with though. I like to play around with mine. I'm like, and then, you know, Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You just, you can't like bank on those numbers and your forecast either because it's just life happens. We're currently in the middle of what they haven't really deemed a recession yet, but it definitely seems that way. So things happen and life happens. And we also had a pandemic a couple of years ago and things changed then too. For some companies, it was for the better. For some companies, it killed them. So it just really depends on how the environment is too, as Mm -hmm. to if those forecasts are going (laughs) to be like, anywhere close to accurate, but sure is fun to play around with. (laughs) Yes. And having it on an easy tool like that, you can go in and play with it as much as you want, as often as needed. And just like you said, being flexible and pivoting when the market requires that or embracing new technology and things like that. Yeah. And this is a question I just thought about it right now, Mm -hmm. but can you talk a little bit about business bank accounts? I feel like a lot of people get confused about that and like they start mixing their personal and their business and that turns into a big headache. So what are the kind of requirements for that? Yeah, actually, that should have been number one for preparing for taxes and separate <laughs> business and personal, because you're right, it creates such a mess when they're commingled. And the time it will take to sort through that and say, this is business, this is personal, is a nightmare. <laughs> and also the just like the mindset of having your business separate because it is and preparing right. for the growth that's going to happen in your business and treating it like that is it goes a long way. So as far as bank accounts, like I said, if you do, if you have read about profit first, the book, yep. and if you like that methodology, Relay is a fantastic um, banking platform mm-hmm. set up like several accounts. I don't know what their limit is, like 20 or something accounts with a click of a button. That's funny. I've never <laughs> heard easily. of that one, but I'm yeah. profit first and that I follow that method, but I've never heard of that mm-hmm. platform before. Yeah. It's built by bookkeepers oh, okay. <laughs> for online businesses and things like yeah. that. But so it connects very nicely to all the accounting softwares that us bookkeepers use. And so we're big fans. So that's a great one, Relay. And also you can't go wrong with a Chase or like a local national bank. 
Yeah, I have experience using Bluevine and Novo, and I really like Mm -hmm. both of those because Novo Mm -hmm. has like the reserves that you can set. So it automatically takes the money away. Like you can't Mm -hmm. spend it kind of thing, which is really handy because it's not like really technically a separate bank account, but it's just, it just makes it really easy, which is just really cool. And there's some really cool stuff happening like with different online business banking because I feel like for a while you're limited with your options. Like I, when I started, I had to go with the Capital One business bank. There wasn't too many other options and I still have it now because I had Mm -hmm. Capital Capital One and stuff, but there's been so many cool, like other little banks, business banks that have opened. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move away from this more traditional thing because I just feel like the online business banks are way more flexible and not as old school as some of the the big banks that you would Mm -hmm. know. So yeah, they're coming out with some pretty cool features. Yeah, for sure. Which is awesome. Well, I know you have your freebie. So can you tell us a little bit about that? And I'll make sure to link it down below as well. So everyone can grab that. Yes, absolutely. It's the write-off worksheet, which if you're a Schitt's Creek fan, (laughs) I have a little gif on there about this is a write-off, but it is a checklist of 20 most common write-offs and all of them might not apply to your business, but they're great conversation starting points with your tax accountant. And just saying, I hear this could be a write-off. Does this apply to me? And of course, with all of them, there are limitations and exceptions and rules, but just an overview list of these are all the things you should be taking into account. And also, Even if you're listening to this at a time where it's not tax season, it's great any time of the year to make sure that you're putting these expenses in your bookkeeping system, whatever that is, whether it's a spreadsheet or accounting software or telling your bookkeeper about them. (laughs) Hopefully you have your separated business accounts so they're seeing them anyway, but making sure that you're running these expenses through your business so that you can take the maximum deductions that you're entitled to. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think people just, they're so scared of the whole aspect of bookkeeping and taxes and things like that, that they end up paying more in taxes because they're not thinking about these deductions that they can have. I think it really helps like to work with someone who knows what you can and can't deduct and makes those smart decisions versus doing it yourself. And then you're probably leaving tons of money on the table. But yeah. Tell us where we can find you and online, where you hang out, all that good stuff. Yeah. So mostly I'm on Instagram at Marish Bookkeeping. I have a podcast called Profits Affogato. It's on pause right now, but it should be coming back this summer. And over there, I interview other business owners and I give lots of tips and decoding some things that can be complicated accounting stuff, like what online business owners need to know about sales tax and different things like that. So that's a great place to find me too. Yeah. So if you want to like learn more about this was an intro topic but if you want to learn more and dive deeper definitely go check out her podcast because it's full of really great information so i will link everything down below for everyone to go look at but thank you so much for being here i really enjoyed chatting with you of course thank you so much for having me thanks for tuning into today's episode come hang out with me over on instagram at jenny.senison j-e-n-n-y dot s-u-n-e-s-o-n or in the Profitable Podcast Manager Society Facebook group. And let me know your thoughts on today's episode because I love hearing from you. You can find all the links and resources in the show notes over at jennysenison.com. Okay, that's all for now. I'll see you in the next episode.